Welcome to In Between, where you'll hear stories, conversations, and hard-earned wisdom to help you navigate the space that lies in between where you are and where you're going. I'm Heather Ashley Baker. January marks a special anniversary for me. One year ago this month, I began a creative leadership program for women called Ignite, run by my guest today, Maho Mofino. I made the decision to invest in myself and do this program at the end of 2019, and it was a huge, scary decision. I had never invested so much money or time into my creative dreams before, but I was at the point in my life where the feeling that I was made to do more was overwhelming. I couldn't keep going as I had been. I knew I needed to take action and do something different. It was at this time that I listened to an episode of Maho's podcast where she talked about how to find clarity and design your creative purpose. I knew that was exactly what I needed and I wasted no time getting on a call with her. I began Ignite in January and reawakened myself to my creativity. I created and launched a project called You Are Here through Ignite featuring the stories of creative women. And I learned so much about my resistance and pushed the edge of my comfort zone. I'm thrilled to have Maha with me on the podcast today. She's the author of Break the Good Girl Myth and the host of the Heroin Podcast, featuring top female leaders, creatives, and visionaries. Her leadership program, Ignite, guides women to design and share a creative dream with the world. Maho has a master's in learning, design, and technology from Stanford University and a bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in cultural studies from McGill University. Maho has played an instrumental role in my own personal creative development over the past year. This is a beautiful conversation where we talk about the good girl myths and the process of pursuing your creative dreams. So lean in and soak up all the goodness from this episode. Hello, Maho. Hi, Heather. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am good. It's finally starting to feel like summer here. The last time I talked to you, I think it was (laughs) was still a bit chilly. So yeah, we're at opposite ends of the planet, you and I. (laughs) We definitely are. Yeah, it's getting it's cold and foggy here. And I have my ginger tea. I'm ready for our cozy little chat. I have my blanket. That sounds lovely. Sounds very cozy. Yes, I'm finally wearing my summer clothes because it's going to be over 90 degrees today. So, and ice drinks instead of hot. So, but it's fun. That's what makes this so fun. Yeah, I'm wearing my alpaca and my turtleneck. <laughs> oh, yes, I was going to say you look very. I can see you on our on our chat right now, and you look very all cozied up and ready yeah. to go. My husband likes to joke around that when I wear this sweater, that I'm the blanket. Oh. That's amazing. He can snuggle up to you then. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So good. Um, Well, Maho, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. So I found you through your podcast, Heroin, um, probably, gosh, I don't know, it would be a couple years ago now. And finding you and listening to you really got me kickstarted on my own journey and what's led me here today to having my own business and now my own podcast. And I had the opportunity to work with you through your group coaching program, Ignite, and then to work with you, collaborate with you and be coached by you and all the things. So it's really amazing to have you here and for you to share 
today. So I'm really excited. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. And I just love to say that it's been so amazing to witness your growth over the last year. It's just been phenomenal. Um, when you came, when you reached out to me, you were working full time. You had like a seedling of an idea, but you weren't sure like what direction should I go in? And within a matter of months, you realized I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to become a coach and I'm going to become a podcaster. And so it's just been really cool to watch you blossom. Oh, well, thank you. And you've had such a big part of that. So let's dive in. Uh, so many things to unpack with you. You've got so much inspiration and wisdom to share from your own journey. So uh, where I want to start off is just to ask you to talk a bit about your family background and give an overview of, of your journey and what's kind of led you to where you are today. Sure. So I'm Argentinian. I was born in Argentina. I grew up in Canada and the U.S. and I moved around a lot. Uh, so that's been a big part of my story. I was always the new girl. And, you know, I talk about this in my book, Break the Good Girl Myth. It's like when I was younger, I was, I, I really felt this pressure to repay my parents because they were, they had sacrificed a lot in immigrating. And so one of the ways that I dealt with that was I just like really became that good girl, that typical good girl, you know, wanted my gold stars, wanted to get my A pluses. I was the darling of the teachers and parents and got my trophies and won the spelling bees, everything you could imagine that you would, that when you think of a good girl and I, you know, that I really feel like my background, my immigrant experience being multicultural really did uh, lend me to that path, you know, and it's been a lot of what my work is about. You've explored a couple of different options in jobs and careers before sort of landing to where you are today. So can you talk a bit about that sort of in-between period, you know, when you were working a job and doing things that didn't quite bring you that joint fulfillment and then discovering your purpose, that kind of period in between where you actually, before you got to where you are and, and knowing how you wanted to use your gifts in the world. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I just followed the rules for a really long time and I went to college and I, you know, got straight A's in college and and then I graduated from a system, you know, I'd been in a system my whole life. And then it's like, you graduate and you go out into the real world. And that was a bit of a rude awakening for me in that it started to get, I worked, my first job out of college was a nine to five job in research, health policy research in Washington, DC, working in a cubicle. And I just thought to myself, there has to be more to life than this. Like, it just can't be this. I just felt creatively dried up. I felt depressed. I, you know, at that point in my early twenties, I lost weight. I had to go to therapy for the first time. I was just having a bit of an early existential crisis. You know, some people have a midlife crisis. I was having a early quarter life crisis <laughs> of what am I here to do on the planet? And that questioning led me on uh, many adventures throughout my twenties, which eventually led me to the work that I do today with women. So it's been a process. I like to call it, I like to call my twenties, the process of deconditioning uh, and unlearning everything I learned from ages one to 18. <laughs> That's great. Yes. And it's not a quick process either, is it? It's, it can take months, years 
Because as, as you, you mentioned the system, can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit more about that and what it's like to kind of, what that system is and then what it's like to deprogram from it, or at least in your experience? Yeah. So in the first chapter of my book, I talk about the myth of rules. There's five good girl myths. And the first one is mm -hmm. the good girl myth of rules. Rules come from a lot of different places, but we inherit them from different communities we're born into or communities that we have to enroll in. So like when you're a child, you don't have that much free will. Like you have to do what your parents say or your primary caregivers say. And you're, when you're born onto this planet, you're landed in a random place that you didn't choose. So, so, you know, right away, you're put in a family system, you're put in a school system, you're put in a media, pop culture, larger cultural system. You're you're put in a religious system and none of which you necessarily chose, but here you are. And each of these communities and uh, people within these communities have a set of norms and rules that they follow. And so, um, you know, because we're so young and innocent, we just kind of go along with the program, you know, okay, yeah, I'll digest that rule. I'll digest this one. Sure, that sounds great. And, and the more we agree with the rules, the more we get rewarded, right? The more we're told we're good, the more we're told, um, you know, we're given a gold star. And so it's like, these systems, uh, they, they, they enforce themselves in us. And so eventually, you, you kind of need to wake up from that. And you need to ask yourself, what am I here to do that feels really true to my essence, that is beyond the cultural, social, conditioned self. And for a lot of women, myself included, that self has been the good girl for many, many years. That has been the, the mask that we've had to wear. That's been the role that we've put on to get along. And it catches up to us. Eventually, whether I've worked with women in, across the age groups, eventually, whether she's in her 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you eventually hit a breaking point where you're like, I've been doing what I, what's been expected of me my entire life, and it's not working anymore. Mm. And there's a lot of tension, I think, in that space as well. It, or at least that's what I've experienced for myself personally and, and what, what even has been some of my journey this year where I'm like, whoa, I'm not actually doing what I thought I was here to do. And yeah, it is a bit of an awakening once you start to feel that tension. And I know you can always choose then to follow that or to stay right where you are, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Oh, the process is so messy. Like yeah. I, I am not, you know, I've talked about this, you know, it's not like you get one lightning bolt you know, you're not struck by lightning and suddenly you're reborn into a completely new person. It's, for most of us, it's small epiphanies over time and we cycle through them. Like, you know, in my early 20s, when I quit that corporate job, I had an epiphany, like I need to leave this job. Um, within a year or two, I was in another job just like it, but across the country. So you would think, oh my God, did I make progress? You know, like it was kind of a, a zigzagging journey. And it was, I finally quit that job. And it just took, it just took a while. It's like getting out of a bad relationship. It, it's not just you have a clean breakup and you just walk away. You know, everybody knows about makeup sex and the, the, <laughs> the back and forth that we go through with relationships. And it's the same with our lives and our careers and 
the work that we're here to do. Sometimes we get into the golden handcuffs and then we break out of them, but then we go right back in. <laughs> and so it's, it's messy. So you got to have a lot of patience with yourself. Mm, I think that's so key. Yes. Having patience and grace. And I know you talk a lot about self-compassion as well, because what we're talking about here is the system and the good girlness. Like we're reprogramming ourselves from years and years and years of one way of thinking and being and doing. And that's why, yeah, what you're describing, like it is so messy and it isn't often just one moment. It's this continuing to reinforce that new habit, that new behavior over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would add, add to that, that it's years and years in this lifetime and millennia, you know, if you zoom out, you know, what we've inherited is, is thousands of years old. Patriarchy has been around for some people say anywhere between 3000 to 5000 years. So it, it's deep. There's some deep roots here. So yeah, you're not going to do it overnight. And in fact, I would say it's a continuous process I still grapple with, even though I've written a book called Break the Good Girl Myth. Here I am still breaking my good girl myths day and after day. So it's not, it's not just like, I think what I love about what you're doing with your podcast, like in between and what I, you know, what I really tried to stress with the heroine's journey, it's cyclical. It's not like you go from point A and B and it's done. It's not linear, you know, it's very cyclical and it's, it's very much evolving. It's a process. There's no destination. Mm, you've never really, there's not really a moment where you have just arrived. Like you might get over one hurdle or one season and then another one happens. And I like that you said it, it is, it's a continual process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a new edge open, like, okay, you hit a goal that you wanted to hit. You did, you, you know, you made your first $100,000 in your business. Wow. Then guess what? A new goal opens up right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it is a continuous, you know, or you, you really want to possess or have something like, oh, I really want that dress. Then you buy that dress and like, you know, in a month, there'll be a pair of shoes. It just, it's just, it's continuous. The The seeking and striving is continuous and it's just not the point. Yeah, yeah. It's just not the point. And, you know, I just did an Insta story today where I just shared, you know, I was looking out at the ocean today and it's like, it's funny because, you know, I, I'm thinking about the future a lot because we're about to move into a new house. We're trying to conceive a baby, right? So it's like very future, future looking, you know, I'm up leveling in my business, very future looking. And it's like, I think the more deeper and important question is, am I enjoying today? Yeah. And uh, really plugging into the everyday, no matter, no matter how, what's happening. And, and it's hard to do because right now we're in challenging times. Yeah, definitely. But enjoying the journey, enjoying each little step along the way, not about, I love that. It, it's not I think we do focus so much on getting to that ultimate destination, that ultimate goal, but there's so much value to be learned. And that's what the beauty is if we choose to see it in, in between seasons, because that's where all the growth and that's where we're really made. And we go through the fire and that's where we really come out. We learn what we're made of. Absolutely. You posted something on Instagram recently, and I'm going to read it. You said, what do you believe in so much that you're willing to get uncomfortable, make sacrifices and leap into the unknown? 
So I want to turn that question on you and like ask that question to you. What do you believe in so much, you know, that you're willing to get uncomfortable? Like what have you believed in so much over your life that you've made those sacrifices and leapt into that scary unknown? I believed in the power of women, more specifically the power of women's creativity. And I feel the sacrifices I've made, like the book. So Break the Good Girl Myth was an idea many years ago. And I have poured countless hours and an amount of emotional energy that's even hard to quantify in creating that book for women. And so I think there was like a Friday night where I was jamming on the book yet again, and my friends were getting together and some people may say, oh, that's healthy. So that's not healthy. But I'd made a very conscious choice to finish a book proposal. And so I was very much choosing it. And I felt like, wow, yeah, like this creative project is a sacrifice. Like I'm sacrificing social time, sacrificing time I could be spending talking to my grandma in Argentina. There are multiple trade-offs. So like whenever you take on a big creative purpose project, like we like to say in Ignite, you have to know that there's going to be some degree of sacrifice and you have to ask yourself, do I believe in this so enough that I think it's worthwhile? Do I believe in this enough? Do I have enough love and desire here in my heart that it's going to outweigh the hard grind and the difficult moments that are going to come up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did you feel when you were in the process of writing your book when those hard moments or like the one that you described about missing time with your friends or connecting with your family? How did that make you feel? And how did you keep going? You know, I think I felt there's a difference between a default and a choice. And I felt very much I was choosing it. But it helped, it made me sort of question, like, would I do this again? <laughs> People say you have amnesia after you publish books. And then you're like, I want to publish another one. <laughs> so we'll see. But, you know, kind of like when you have a baby, it's like there's a hormone that gets released. So you forget. I think that that sort of happens with creative purpose projects that take a lot out of us. Sometimes it's like, oh, and then we're back at it. We just can't help it. But yeah, it, it felt very much like, you know, this is this is a choice. And this is the choice I've made in this moment. It's okay. I had other points in the book writing journey where I wanted to scream for joy because I just cracked a really interesting anecdote or story. And then I had other times where I wanted to burn the manuscript to the ground and walk away. And so there was a range. And I like to say that any creative process has that range. And I, I'm not into the, the, I'll call it, here's another myth, the myth of creative flow, you know, <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit down, it's all going to flow. And I, I mean, I believe that to some degree, but I, I do think sometimes you get lucky with those creative flow moments. But more often than not, it's you being in relationship with your own mind and resistance when you're in that creative process. And that's keyword being in relationship. So you don't want to resist your resistance that would defeat the that would only make it stronger. So you want to be able to bring awareness to it. And you want to manage it and move through it. That's, that's key. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said, about embracing and not resist, not resisting your resistance. We learned a lot about that and in Ignite and it's not an easy thing to do and it is really uncomfortable and tension filled because they're like, nope, I want to push this away. But 
you know that is when you're in the middle of that creative process, I think, when you're feeling that discomfort and that tension because you know that something's happening, something's underneath the surface, and you're pushing you, – you talk about vulnerability edge. So you're pushing, you're pushing the edges of your comfort zone and your vulnerability, and that is so scary and uncomfortable. I know I've been through that this whole year. You've been through that with your book writing process. Can you talk a little more about that vulnerability edge and even how the good girl myth of perfectionism influences how we respond to that vulnerability edge? So I, I like to say we have, let's visualize a circle for a moment. And in that circle is your comfort. Mm-hmm. You're in that circle all around you. Inside that circle is comfort. Outside of that circle is discomfort. Now, where do you think growth happens? Definitely in the discomfort, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely in the discomfort. So, so growth happens in the discomfort. And so the line of the circle is your vulnerability edge. And what I invite women to do to build creative confidence is you want to touch that edge because you don't want to be too far into the circle where you're like comfortable and cozy and, you know, like me right now in my sweater blanket, (laughs) you want to actually start brushing up against the edge because as you touch it and sit with it, 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 it moves back. Right. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of people who are listening, maybe you've practiced yoga and you've been in pigeon pose, you know, that pose where you have to like be kind of sitting on your hip for a while. And, you know, there's a point where you're in that pose where you feel discomfort. You don't feel full on pain, but you're like, this is not pleasant sensation. This feels uncomfortable in my muscle. Right. And that at that place, right, if you breathe and you stay, what happens? Eventually, you start to get more comfortable or more used to it anyway. It becomes a little more familiar. Yeah. It becomes the body gets used to it, it habituates, and you melt deeper into the pose. Yeah. And so it's the same idea with the vulnerability edge. It's we are expanding our zone of comfort. And it happens when you live and at that edge. And it is scary. A hundred percent. Like when I, when we do the Ignite journey, you know, when women come into work with me, I'm like, heads up, (laughs) like you're going to be scared during this process. I'm not going to hold your hand and coddle you and tell you everything's going to be all right, baby. Like you're going to be scared at certain points in this process. And that's good. That's good. That's how you're going to reshape your brain. Mm -hmm. That's how you're going to act and operate in a different way than you have been up to this point. Because the way you've been operating hasn't really gotten you where you want to go, right? So you have to change that fundamental way. And that takes takes a level of, of fear. Fear is normal. So normalizing fear to a degree has is, is been a big, big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have the myth of perfection, the good girl myth of perfection, which you and I both have, I think it's both of our primary good girl myths. Yes, definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, the big way to to touch that vulnerability edge is to start to get things out, even if they're not perfect. So get it out instead of getting it perfect. And and that, you know, involves a lot of prototyping and iterating and throwing stuff on the wall, seeing what sticks, seeing what falls away. It's an 
active engaging process. So, and I talk a lot about this when we, you know, talk about, do we discover our purpose or do we design our purpose and the distinction there and why it's important for a lot of us. Uh, It has to do with this exact point that we are not uh, passive. We are active participants in clarifying our purpose. And we do that with making, making stuff like you making this podcast. And the other thing I'll just say is everything's a prototype. Even my book, which has been published, my editor was shocked when I told her, it's a prototype. And like nothing ever gets super finalized because it's still, everything's in process. Even, you know, when I interviewed Sofia Maruso for my podcast, Heroin, she was like, you're the prototype. I'm the prototype. Like we're just walking giant prototypes. And I love that. I was like, that makes a lot of sense, you know? So if you're feeling in between, it's just because you're a prototype. Yeah. Well, that's such a good way to look at it because I think it takes a lot of the pressure off to be so perfect all the time and to try to live by not only society's standards, but the standards of perfection that we then place on ourselves because maybe that is the way that we've grown up or been conditioned. And it, 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 that in itself is very painful and uncomfortable. And so it's so much more freeing, I think, to have that mindset of, yeah, I'm a prototype and I can do the best I can with what I have and it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's okay. That's so freeing. Mm-hmm. It's very freeing. Yes. On the other side of perfection is freedom for sure. Mm-hmm. Freedom to be messy, freedom to be bad at things, freedom to be a beginner, freedom to be ugly, freedom to be whatever you want in that moment. Yeah. And I think and it is, as we talked about fear, why it is so scary to take a step out toward your creative dreams and your creative purpose, because it's inevitable that that uncomfortable, messy, imperfection, potential failure risk lies on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that keeps a lot of people stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if we attach our worth to our work, you know, being a failure is like the worst thing possible, you know, like it's like, oh, like the last thing I want to be is a failure. The last thing I want is criticism and judgment and to disappoint because I want to meet standards. I want to be perfect. I want to put up the facade or whatever. And so, yeah, fear of failure is a big, big one. And I grappled with it. I grappled with it, even with publishing the book. You know, it's like, oh, this book's going to fail and it's going to flop and I'm going to be so embarrassed and I'm going to feel so much shame. And it's like, it's all good girl stuff. It's all good girl conditioning. And uh, just got to work through it. Mm. So what are some practical ways that someone can work to overcome that fear of failure? Or even, you know, what did you do to get past it when you experienced it? So I really believe in taking any idea, a concept you have, breaking it down into the smallest scrappiest piece when you think you've gone small ask yourself can I go smaller (laughs) and keep asking yourself could I go smaller like get to the really tiniest the miniature piece of it and uh start getting it out to a close group of people you trust so there's this idea in behavior design that I really like it's called shaping you start small and then once you get used to you you shape to the next behavior and once you get used to that you shape to the next behavior so if you're like really afraid let's 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 say a really tangible thing let's say you're building a website and you want to release it 
and you're afraid it's going to fail. And the way you define failing is like, no one's ever, no one's going to visit my website. Let's just say. And because, uh, you know, we have different definitions of failure and success. So that's important. So my, my uh, invitation to you is like, what's the smallest group of people you can send it out to just to get initial feedback, yeah. get that going, start to feel comfortable, start to build some creative confidence. And what's the circle beyond that? And finally, which has been really big teaching and ignite and in my coaching work is how do you detach from the results? That's big. It's funny. I keep bringing up yoga, but yogis say, don't focus on the fruits of your labor, focus on the process. So allow like sort of surrender the fruits of your labor, like work a hundred percent, do your best, but then renounce and surrender the fruits of your labor to the divine if you're looking at it from a spiritual sense and you know I think we can learn from that with the creative process it's like I'm gonna do my best I'm gonna put this out there and then I'm going to detach you know detach from the response and the reaction that I get whether it's crickets whether it's everybody loves it, whether it's everybody hates it, the range of responses that exist in the world. I put on an Insta story the other day. Nobody replied. Even though I have like 7,000 followers now. Okay, detachment. I can't hang out, you know. Then I put on another story. Lots of people replied. Okay. Like detachment, you know. Like people read my book. Some people bought the book and didn't read the book. Some people read the whole book and reviewed it. Some people changed their lives after reading the book. So it's like... There's just, there's such a range of responses that you can receive. So you have to learn to step back, detach from that. That is a key part of creative confidence. Yeah. And knowing that, again, you, why you're doing it and you're going to keep putting it out there anyway, regardless of what the result is, which was a huge breakthrough for me this year to realize that. Totally. You're going to keep because that's the that's the sacrifice. And that's the persistence. Yes, exactly. You're like, I'm seeing the long game, you know, I'm seeing the long game here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. And what I can learn in the process. Yeah. Yes. And what can I learn in the process? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, to wrap up. So one question I like to ask everybody is what is bringing you joy right now? Hmm. Oh, what is bringing me joy? You know, well, I'm looking out my window right now and these houses in the sunset, which is the neighborhood I'm living in right currently in San Francisco, are so adorable. They're like all pastel colors, like a pastel orange and a pastel green. And there's a little blue one. They're just the sweetest houses and being able to look out at them and walk through the neighborhood has felt really uh, joyful. and. Yeah, it's funny because this question that you're asking reminds me of a uh, the last question I asked in and on my po- podcast heroin, which is like, what are you reclaiming? And I'll never forget what Caroline Paul told me, and she is a firefighter, one of the San Francisco's first firefight female firefighters. And she said, you know, at the end of the day, like I've accomplished all these things. I I was a firefighter. I published a book, which was on the New York Times bestseller list. I've done so much. And what what I'm reclaiming is the simple joy of uh, biking along the Embarcadero and watching the lights on the bridge 
Beautiful. And uh, that's how I'm feeling right now with these little houses. Oh, I love that. I love noticing all the little small details in life. That sounds beautiful. So Maho, where can people connect with you? Sure. You can find out about the book at goodgirlmyth.com. And from there, you can explore my website. I have a free quiz that will help you determine your creative feminine power. And I'm available uh, on Instagram at Maho Molfino. My first name is spelled M-A-J-O. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today. It's been so great to talk to you and have you share more about your journey and the good girl myths that have been so impacting for me and I know for a lot of other people as well. Thanks, Heather. Such a great conversation and I hope you feel so inspired to go out and start taking action on your creative dreams. To learn more about Maho, visit the show notes at heatherashleybaker.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do two things. Head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends and family. Two small actions that have a huge impact so that others can find and hear this podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Until next week, friends.